The views, information, and opinions expressed during this podcast are solely those of the individual and may not represent those views, information, and opinions of the Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association, known as WIPCA. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode three in season two of the WIPCA Coaches Podcast. I'm your host, JC Alexander, the current head men's basketball coach down at Mountain View High School in Vancouver, Washington. And I'm joined by my co-host, Connie Richardson. Connie, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. You know, Grand Capelson High School is doing well. Aren't they always doing well? They got you at the helm. And then uh, we're joined tonight with Coach Derek Pringle from Rochester High School up in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> um, yeah, you got that right. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Good. Glad you could join. Um, so what uh, what are you up to these days? Well, we um, well, I'm doing AAU stuff uh, on the off side of it. You know, I got I do <clears throat> weekly weekly training with kids from grade first through high school, uh, you know, and some college kids that came through the program comes back and they work out with us. So we've been doing a lot of that this summer. Uh, and actually some of them just are leaving tomorrow, go back to school. Uh, some down to Simpson and some out to Kansas where my son is at. So, but uh, I've been doing a lot of that, you know, teaching the game of basketball, teaching about life, uh, just trying to get the kids ready for this new this new school year, you know, because um, we had an open prayer last night to bless them going back to school. You know, we want to make sure they they safe because you know last fifteen months has been kind of hard on them, you know, being home and you know uh, not in the classroom, so. Yeah, I think it's been a, I think it's been a wild fifteen months for everybody. Yeah, um, I can only imagine what teenage kids are going through when their whole life is turned upside down. Yeah, um, they're they're already they already struggle with enough anyway. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, so tell so tell us a little bit about your uh, basketball background, um, playing time, playing days. <laughs> coaching and all your stops. I mean, I know it dates back a little bit, you know, yeah. just a couple of years because you're young. But um, I uh, tell, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my back, well, my basketball background is kind of funny because uh, I never played basketball. I learned from my son. Uh, now I was in the military. I did a lot of stops. Uh, I was in my my where I picked it up was was in uh, West Virginia. I came back from overseas. And uh, went to West Virginia to work there for three years, and uh, they had a YMCA program where you know they, they needed volunteers. And so um, I went in, signed my son up. They said, "Oh, can you coach?" I said, "No, I coach football. That's all I do." You know, he said, "Well, we need a coach. We need, we need a, a tenth team, you know, for the twelve U." I said, uh, "Okay, I watch it on TV, but I don't know it, you know." And so my son, my wife. Uh, talked me into it. And then I met these two guys, just got out of college working at the Y. And they asked me, um, hey, you'll be fine. We'll help you. So um, I created a team called a coalition, you know, uh, had my son and the kids there. Everybody looked over because it's funny. They had a draft 
and I was a new guy coming in. So when they drafted kids, I got the leftover kids, you know, and my son couldn't dribble and he, he can barely walk. So I was like, oh, Lord. And so, you know, we played, you know, 10 games, you know. It was funny because we go out there, we get slaughtered, you know. And so at the end, they do a little thing called um, uh, like an all-star game. And they pick kids from each team. And they pick my son and some other kids. And they end up making the AAU team out of it. And those two guys that worked at the Y, uh, they brought me along because my background was medical in the military. So I was like their trainer and all that kind of stuff. Hey, somebody get hurt. They had me on on site. So um, I just went to the gym every day watching them. And they was like 23, 24 years old. Uh, and to this day, we still keep in touch. They're great guys. And they just took it. I just watched them learn from the high school coach down there. And uh, they was running his stuff at the YMCA. And so I started learning. And then the next year, I started coaching again, got a little confidence going to clinics. Uh, the high school coach always had one called Nice Columbus Clinic where everybody come back, you know, and they teach us all, you know, different things in the community. So uh, it was a small community like Rochester called Beckley, West Virginia. But it was um, – Sports oriented. Basketball was number one. Baseball was number three. Football was number two. And that's how big it is. And I mean, on the weekends, I mean, the YMCA be packed like you're going to an arena, all age group playing basketball. And they had one little hour where, well, one little 45 minutes when they where they taught the the uh, the three and the five year olds together, you know, called itty bitty basketball. You know, that was their time to run up and down the court with the, with the ball. So that's how I learned basketball. And then I just stuck with it. And I said, that's not a bad thing. You know, maybe I can learn some more. And I came back up here in 96. And I tried to find my, you know, my son a team. And um, if you wasn't from a Tacoma or Seattle, you know, you wasn't going to play, you know, as far as AAU, because you know, they had friends of hoops and all them. And so we ended up. You know, started a little neighborhood team, and that's how my program got started 24 years ago doing that, you know. So I just got – I gave up football for basketball. Plus also, too, is indoors. You get cold outside in the rain. Hey, and it's not as time-consuming as football when you yeah. got six, seven days a week and meetings and all that stuff. Right, right. It's uh, interesting. That's an interesting way because – your path is way different than a lot of high school coaches. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of high school coaches, you know, start from, you know, in the high school, you know, system and start out as assistants and kind of move your way up. And um, you got started in a, in a different path, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so who were some, so you start kind of late, you didn't really know much um, more mm -hmm. football than basketball. So who were some of those mentors that you had um, once you kind of decided, you know, hey, I'm going to hang up the, the cleats and put on the sneakers? Well, um, when I retired in 98 uh, from the military, I got a job working security at River Ridge High School. And it's a guy by the name of Chris Bobby uh, that worked there. And he was about 20-something years old. He was, he was the head coach, the youngest one ever there. And so um, we would talk and stuff like that. And so – he he got me he got me to Timberline had a C team job that was open that year and so I went over uh, worked at River Ridge went over there got the C team job um, 
you know, got into it, liked it a little bit. I got the kids again that was left over. And now, it's, you know, it was kind of funny. So then the summer of 98, when I came, when I came back to work, he said, hey, and I'm going on a big trip. You know, I need somebody to um, run my summer league program, all three of my teams. And I said, okay. He said, would you mind doing it? I said, sure, I'll do it. And so I had the varsity, the JV, and the incoming freshman. And so we had a league down here for, you know, called Tumwater League. And it's all the high schools go to and play for the month of June. And so while he was gone, he put me in charge of all that. He said, if you do well, you know, we'll talk come November when I get, you know, we come back to school. I said, all right. So I, I ran the program, also ran my little AAU program, because most of the kids play for me for all the schools in this area. So so I knew all the kids. And so uh, that November, he called me. He said, hey, coach, I'm not bringing back my um, – my assistant, you know, say on JV, but, you know, do you want the job? And I, I said, yeah, I said, it's a no brainer. I'm right here. You know, I work at the school. I know the kids. And so he took me on his JV coach. And then from there, my career just bumped up. I mean, I worked with him up until 2000. Uh, and then uh, from there, I went to Northwest Christian College in Lacey, not college, high school in Lacey. Uh, had a friend of mine, mentor. He um, asked me to come over to be the boys' coach. They just opened up. They did like eight or nine years old. Never won a game and all that. So I went over there, coached them. Uh, left there in 2003. Went to uh, help the chief Leshy because I worked for a program called Upward Bound with the inner city kids. And so a lot of native kids was in my program. So I ended up coaching the girls. And also being an assistant boys coach at the same time uh, to about 2006. And then I had a good friend at Evergreen State College. She came in and she asked me, she said, hey, look, I need an assistant. My, my husband getting his master's and he can't help me. So for two years, I worked for her, you know, getting the ins and outs, learning from them. And then from there, I went to Grays Harbor, got a head job as a women's coach. Um, and then, you know, I left there in 2012, called myself retiring from basketball. But it's kind of hard when kids knock on your door, coach me a coach. I'm like, I, I can't do this. I'm tired. You know, but I ended up doing it. And I ended up at Shelton when I met you for five years. I went there for one year to help a friend of mine get his job. And then he went to Capitol and left me at Shelton. So after my first year, and I was like, dude, we can't leave these kids hanging. You know, you want to get in the door, I got you in the door because they're going to hire him anyway. You know, because I told him, I said, I got one year and you can, you know, you can take he can take it over. And he just PCS here from, you know, in the military. So my career just jumped off like that. And I've been blessed because if it wasn't for Spivey, I don't know what would have happened, you know, because he got me in the door. And from the door, the door just kept popping open every other year or, or every two years. You know, so it's been a blessing. Yeah, we uh, uh, go ahead, Connie. Quickly, did you happen to coach Alan Thomas? Yes, I was. I was on staff. With Alan Thomas, love that boy. He's he's he played in my on my first AAU team. Okay, he did. Alan's a good friend. Yeah, of mine. yeah. He, I love Alan. He's he's like a son. Him and him 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 and him, my son are real good friends. Okay. You know, because they grew up together playing basketball down here with us. 
And uh, yeah, Allen was, I remember Allen was the second or third point guard for us at River Ridge before he graduated and they ended up being a starter. And he took off from there. You know, Spivey gave him a shot and he just went off. Uh, yeah, I love Allen. I see him now and then though. That's crazy. It's crazy the, the the world of basketball and how big yet how small it is and who who knows who and you're just three people apart from knowing somebody. Um, I mean, you you mentioned that we uh, we met it when you were coaching at Shelton when you guys mm-hmm. came down here for the Fort Vancouver tournament, right? Um, but we had also met before that in a playoff um, game. In a playoff game, because well, that same year we played in the playoffs, but yeah. back in about what 2000. 14 or so mm-hmm. uh, I was coaching at Evergreen yeah and we came up we were heading up north for a playoff game and mm-hmm. we ended up using I believe it was the facility up there in uh, Centralia now yeah yeah we was using uh that's what I was doing all my training at yeah and uh and way up yeah Witherspoon uh connected with you mm-hmm. and so you're able to get us in there for a walkthrough right. and then you actually you were while you were at Grace Harbor you uh you recruited and coached my sister's best friend, Caitlin Patterson. Oh yeah, Kate. I haven't seen that girl in years. Yeah, so this is it's a small world. It's a real small world. Um, well, let's go ahead and jump into an announcement here, real quick. Um, on October second and third at Yakima Valley College, uh, Wibka is putting on their annual coaches clinic. Um, had to take a year off due to COVID, and now they are back. Um, with a great, great group of guest speakers, um, Grant Leap from Seattle Pacific, Austin Johnson, uh, Lewis and Clark State, Mike Hopkins from UW, and then Wipka's own West Seattle great Kefri Fazio, who is now at Seattle Pacific coaching under Grant Leap, um, with a wide variety of other coaches and trainers and people from around the state of Washington uh, coming together. So. If you guys have any interest in that and you're listening here, you can head to Wibka.com and register online for that. So, Coach Pringle, what's some of the biggest challenges you had coaching your son? Um, in high school, I didn't coach him just only on AA, on AEU side. Uh, high school, I told myself, when my kids get to that age, get to high school, I want I didn't want to coach them because I coached them when they were so small all the way up. I wanted somebody else to, you know, you know, get over it, you know, get a chance to teach them something different. Um, the biggest challenge, well, the biggest challenge was I'm a big critic being a military guy. I come home, I said, okay, why you do this? Why you do that? And I had to, um, when I was in the military, he was still doing his thing. And I was like, okay, you know, as a point guard, you know, what do you see? Why didn't you do this? Well, I seen this, you know, because he, he was a self-made basketball player. Uh, and, you know, being around Allen and all those guys, they helped me also too. So, you know, when I would say something to him, he said, oh, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. You know, that's not, I didn't do that. And I go back and watch film and show him stuff. And then, so the, the part was, the, the, the difficult part was getting them to understand where I was coming from, from another set of eyes. And that was the hard part for that. And then my daughter was a basketball player too, so. Uh, you know, going dealing with her, her, her was play at? she played at Linfield. Okay, yeah, she's at Linfield. Um, 
what's some of the challenges of being a head coach and a husband? Oh, I've been married, what, 43 years? <laughs> uh, my wife is very supportive. I mean, she's been with me. We are high school sweethearts. That's how far we go back. You know, we go way back. So um, she's basketball person. She's sports. She knows it all. Um, she's very supportive of what I do, you know. So I never have really had an issue with that. Uh, sometimes I feel kind of, you know, like selfish when I take a lot of time from not being home. Because if a kid called me, I'm right there to help. Uh, just outside of basketball, if you know, because I deal with a lot of different, you know, demographics of kids. You know, some was well taken care of and some of them wasn't. So um, that was a tough part, you know, uh, just to walk away from home and go take care of something and come back. But she's been very supportive of me the whole, my whole career. So, so I've been blessed. I ain't gonna lie to you. I've been very blessed. Our wives can be the greatest assistant coaches in the world. Yeah, because she tell you straight up, why you do that? <laughs> my wife said, well, the funny thing happened this year with my wife. She was, like, sitting behind a game. We were killing Bethel, and she's, like, pointing at me about putting a kid in a game. And I'm like, I'm going to get him in. I just don't know how much time he's really going to get. But Oh, yeah. So we, we left. Well, I got that a couple times, too. Uh, so. this, this past winter. We went up to uh, up to Stanwood. I, I took some girls up there, and uh, you know, it's the side of me that's got me. I got on. It was a close game, and I got all riled up. And she drove up there with me. It's been a while, and she said uh, she came out. I seen her walking across from the other side, you know, walking around. I said, "Uh oh, she coming this way," and she came around and she walked in front and she stopped in front of me. I said, uh, and she went down to sit on the end of the bench. And started talking to the girls. And then I called a timeout. She said, come here. She said, oh, she be hollering at them girls. Let them girls play. I'm like, I, I'm not hollering, motivating. No, you hollering. The whole gym hear you. I hear you. I didn't come up here for this. I'm like, oh, my God. And all the parents looked at me like, what is she saying? You know, so she, she correct me quick. You know, she correct me quick, though. So talking about assistant coaches, talk about some of your assistant coaches you've had on your staff. Um, I, uh, it's a young man out in Shelton, and his name is Sam Krager. Uh, he was on my first AAU team with Allen and my son. Uh, he's actually um, – he came back from – he played at Linfield, came back up here, got a job at South Puget Sound as the event coordinator, and he came to me and said, hey, Coach, I want to get, get into coaching. So I brought him on staff in 2014, and uh, and I told him, I said, you know, I'll be here for a couple more years, take over, and he took over. We built that program from the bottom up, and uh, he got it now where they just moved down from from three to two way. So they're gonna be in our league now, and uh, they just put another little damper on us because they good, you know, because all the kids up there that he has. I had their siblings before they got there. So he got a good program. Uh, I got a young man with me now named Dylan Bowman. He played at Rochester, uh, graduated from Rochester. I had him, I worked with him since the second grade in my AAU program. And that's how I got to Rochester because of him. He asked me, he said, hey, coach, I'm going to get in coaching. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 21 years old. Can you help me? 
And I said, yeah, I'll do one year, and you're going to have to take over. But then when I got in, he said he's not ready yet, so I'm just showing him the ropes on what to prepare for. Uh, and he's going to be a good coach because he's also one of my trainers on the side for me, too. He trained my kids. He trained a lot of kids from down this way. Uh, uh, Tay Walker, he's in uh, Texas now, Fort, Fort Hood. Uh, he helped me out a lot uh, when he came in. Um, uh, Terrence, at Grace Harbor, I had Terrence Tucker the third. He uh, he was coach at Edmonds. Then he got then he stepped down, took a year off, had his son, and he came and joined me at uh, Grace Harbor. So I've been, you know, my sister coach has been pretty good because what I, what I try to do is teach them what I learn you know, over time and help them build their own little walkway, you know, so when they get ready, when I get ready to walk away, they can step in and, and just take over. Uh, so just, this is my last question, then I'll let, turn it back over to JC. Um, three things you would tell a young coach starting this year. Be open-minded, be a sponge, and, you know, put in the work. I mean, you got you got you got to put in work, and and what I mean by putting in work is whatever the coach needs you to do, you need to do it. Uh, because I learned that from you know being with Spivey, uh Coach Marga, Evergreen. When they ask me to go, you know, do something, I want you to take all this and do that. They are testing you to see you know what you know, you know where your confidence at, where your strengths are, and if you show them that you have it, then the responsibilities get bigger. I mean, I came from being just getting the uniform together, doing the summer league to doing skills training, you know, uh, go take the post over here. I wasn't a post. I didn't even want the guard. But I got over there and I saw the post, you know, how we want them to play in the game. I saw the point guard, how to see the floor. Because in football, being a cornerback and a linebacker, your vision has to be peripheral. You got to see everything. So I was teaching them the stuff I learned on the field so they can put it on the court. You know, so, uh, you know, that's what I would tell them, those three things. Yeah, I think those three things are amazing. Um, and I think the the key point, and, you know, I kind of struggle with it at times as well, is, you know, when you ask, you know, some of your assistants or younger guys to do certain things that they're kind of out of their wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because I can't do it or I don't want to do it. You know, it's really like I want to see where you're at. Right. You know, it doesn't, and it never has to be perfect. It's not like I need you to run the most perfect 15 minutes of big man skill work ever, you know, but mm-hmm. I need to know that, you know, when you do, when I ask you, you're going to do it and you're going to give right. it a shot and you're going to try it. And then from there, we can figure out, you know, what worked, what didn't work, what you need to do, what could change. And, um, but I think that's a big thing for young coaches. Um, like, it's definitely like, kind this of year, like this year, where, uh, with Dylan, when I found out I had cancer, I called him in. I said, hey, we need to talk. And I, and I had to break the news to him. And he's like a son, so he you know, he took it kind of hard. And I said, but I'm, I, I'll be all right. Don't worry about that. I said, but I'm going to have to step away before the season to have surgery so I can be here by season time because it actually worked out to do that. So uh, I told him, I said, my biggest thing is I'm going to come back. I'm not going to be 100%. So I want you to work on. Here's my playbook. I want to run this year with the with the talent level we got. 
I want you to take it, study it, and you know, come up with drills off the play. So we so if I'm not there in time, you'll know what to do. I said, and then in between timeouts, you know, let's go over the play. What we're gonna run, because we do like a little cheat sheet, I have a cheat sheet with me. And I say, okay, this situation ain't working, so we can go flip from A to B to C, whatever we're going to do. So I let him – I gave him more responsibility of running the offense, and I took care of the defensive side. And he did a good job. I mean, I was really impressed. Uh, my AD came and told me he, he was impressed. He said, you usually run that. I said, nah, I know. I didn't know what, if I was going to be here or not. So I wanted to make sure he was ready because I didn't want him to fail, you know, because once you – people think that you're failing, they're going to pound on you. So. Uh, he did a good job. I told him every game, after every game, he said, I, I, Coach, I should have ran this one. I said, no, you did the right thing. You know, because we were very young. I mean, my team was so young. Um, it was pathetic. I mean, we had kids that never made play basketball, playing varsity. You know, we, I had a kid, uh, what was it, two years ago was on the C team, couldn't even dribble playing center. He's only 5'8". You know, and so – it was a learning experience for him working with an undeveloped team. And then also, too, he can showcase what he got. So when I do want to step away, he they can see that he can run the, he can run the team. So, you know, that made me proud, very proud to see him do that. Because after every game, I said, hey, how you feel? I said, I'm, I'm a little tired, but we did good, you know. And, and, and the only win we got this year because – you know, I called a timeout. We made a switch, and I said, call 41. And he said, we're going to do we can do a high pick and roll, and we're going to make it happen. And showing up, we got up, got the big man out because he was killing us. He had 20 and like 12 uh, from Tanano, and uh, we fouled him out. And that opened the door for us to take a 10-point a lead real quick, you know, with that high pick and roll because he came up, tried to stop us, take a charge, and he was he was too slow. So we got him out, and then we just went on the run, that run from there. And, you know, kids got their first win in two years. So. Yeah, that that's huge, kind of instilling mm-hmm. that power and confidence into the assistants. And I was, the, I was, I always take it as, you know, you're one, you're only, you're only as good of a head coach as your assistants are. Right. And we've had a couple of different coaches on say the exact same thing. Um, but then, you know, how are you as a head coach and, you know, who have, you know, what's your coaching tree like? And, you know, how have some of those guys that have been assistants for you have gotten head jobs? How have they done? And so mm-hmm. that's always important to, and it's something definitely for myself. I know I've gotten better at um, kind of delegating and giving that, you know, some of that power to, you know, confidence to some of my assistants. Um, so obviously I played again, my guys played against you at Shelton a couple of years back, twice in one year. Um, mm-hmm. And I know kind of what I would consider kind of the culture that, you know, or the vision or what, you know, what other people see, you know, mm-hmm. a coach Pringle coach team. Um, but what's kind of the culture that you want to build or the vision that you want people to see, like, you know, this is the type of basketball that we're going to play. Um, it's funny you say that because my, my passion is, you know, we battle. I mean, you know, like like I said, being ex-military, you know, we're going to war. You know, we hit the floor. We might not be the biggest. We might not be the, the strongest or the most talented. But for, for 32 minutes, it's going to be a war. 
we're going to fight. We're going to fight, and we're going to give you all we got. And at the end, when the smoke clear, whoever get the W, get the W, you know. But we're going to show sportsmanship as we walk off that, off that court, you know, high five or respect each other like that, you know. Um, where I'm at right now, it's kind of it was it was hard coming in because the kids always talk back to the officials, and I'm a big stickler. Don't do that, you know. Uh, or they play to the crowd, point like, yeah, I got. Did you see my three or whatever they do? You know, when they point the finger, let's just play basketball. Let's keep it simple. And so my first year was rough trying to get the kids to buy in. Last year the kids did it, and at the, and I have to say, after every game we got beat. Pretty bad sometimes. Every coach came back and said, man, your kids don't quit. You know, and I said, no, we don't. You know, you got six, 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 seven over here. My tallest guy is barely six foot. And he's a guard playing, he playing center. You know, but we're going to play you hard, you know. Uh, and we had our little runs where we get within 10 or we then we down by 40, you know, because we run out of gas, you know. But it's just that hard-nosed, old school, if you come to play, let's lace them up. All right? We wear the same shoes. Let's lace them up and let's go at it, you know? And that's my mentality with them. You know, we go hard because we ain't going home. We're not going to be soft, you know? If you're soft, you'll need to be on this team. Yeah, that's true. Your teams never gave up. I'm a, You know, we, we got that win early in that tournament at Fort, and then we faced you guys again in the uh, – by districts and we were about like 20 at one point i think and guys kind of took the foot off the gas and you guys just kept battling and chipped away and chipped away and you guys gonna come back and got that victory to move on and face a wilson team but yeah that is that's that is accurate i can attest to test to that vision so uh let's jump into a commercial here real quick uh another one of our sponsors uh bought in uh, Wibco would like to thank Baden for being the official game ball and supporter of Washington Interscholastic Basketball Coaches Association for more than a decade. Baden is committed to developing and producing the highest quality products in sports and is driven by what is right for athletes. A Washington family-owned company that supports basketball in their backyard. Baden, perform better. Hey, Coach Pringle, what are some of your favorite drills or favorite plays um my most favorite drill and i do it with the little ones up is the la drill i don't know if you've seen the la lakers drill about six seven years ago where they got to run with the ball up like half like a third of a court you gotta do do a slide and go down to the other side do reverse pivot slide across i love doing that for conditioning um one keeping the ball above your head, you know, keeping to the chin right here. So we, you know, getting those muscles right. Um, my other one is um, the four minute layup drill. Uh, I give them a high number. I said, we got to make, first I think out, you know, how many lefties I got, how many right hand people I got. The majority I have, it's like right hand. You got four minutes to make 120 lay ins, you know, uh, no dribble. You got to pass and cut and lay it up. And we do a lot of that. Uh, and for four minutes, you can get one. If you don't get 120, we're doing it again until we get it. You know, uh, other one is, um, uh, it's called, it's another conditioning one I like. It's called a 28 seconds drill. 
You started half court, you run three point to three point, foul line to foul line, baseline to baseline, and back to the middle within 28 seconds. And whoever makes the fastest time, we drop off two seconds. So the ones that don't make it, we got to do it again, you know. And that's in the first three or four days. That's how I weed my teams out, too. You know, kids don't like to run, you know. And so um, talk to me about uh, that 28-second drill again because I'm intrigued by this one. Okay, what you do, you start at half court, and you can face either way you want. Uh, You run to the three-point line, touch it with your hand, run to the other three-point line, touch your hand, run the free throw, back to free throw, uh, baseline, back to baseline, and back to the middle in 28 seconds. Oh, that's going in. That's in. <laughs> that is, that that is, is day one of tryouts. That day one. Is. I'm telling you, between that and the L.A. drill, uh, this is a quick story real quick. This year, I had to close the gym down at um, in Centralia. So I was driving back up. So Dylan took over. He said, hey, coach, I'm doing the, uh, the L.A. drill. Uh, this is day one. Man, I come in there. I had two guys out there in the grass throwing up. I had three guys in the in the in the main gym and the heads in the trash can, barfing. I mean, they was barfing, and those guys did not come back. Not one of them came back. And I was like, "What you do?" He said, "Cause we just started, and they already throwing up, you know." And so that's how we weed people out. But those are two good drills, though. I mean, uh, I was watching. I watch a lot of YouTube. And so I watch training day and I watch a lot of colleges and, you know, I just get stuff from them. But 28 drill, uh, I went to a clinic, uh, I think in 2008, that's where I got that from. And uh, it's a good drill. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find my notepad right now to, <laughs> to write that down. <laughs> I can send it to you. Some, you kid, tell me. some kid at GK is going to get that. <laughs> <laughs> You know, um, yeah, because uh, it's a good drill. So tell me about – you got some favorite moments of coaching, like favorite kids you ever coached that you want to talk about? Yeah. Um, man, I got so many of them. I mean, I've been blessed in 24 three, years. Three to five. Three to five kids would be great. Three to five, okay. I have um, I have a young lady who's helped me now in my uh, my nonprofit uh, named Rachel Enzer. Uh, when she was 12, she's on my first girl team I coached. And uh, she ha- had a little rough life. You know, she was biggest girl, tallest girl. Everybody thought she was a bully, but she wasn't. She was a sweetheart. And I remember the first day uh, she came off on my team, my buddy said, oh, you got to get this girl. She's great. You'll love her. She She's a force. Well, I said, okay, let me see how she She walked in. I said, we're going to run. She said, oh, I don't run. I said, excuse me? She said, no, I don't run. You got to be crazy, dude. I said, dude. I said, I'm not a dude. I'm your coach. And then she kept talking. I said, where your mama at? She, she just pulled off. Get on your cell phone, call her, because you're going home. You can't throw me out. I said, bye-bye. And so she called her mom, and she you know, fell apart and all that kind of stuff. So um, fast forward now, she's came back to help me you know, run my girls program. And um, she's like a daughter to me. I mean, I love her to death. I mean, I watched her grow up all through elementary through high school. You know, she got her own kid. He's five now. We got him in the gym. So that's one of them. Um, Alan, uh, watching where he came from at, at River Ridge. You know, he was the backup to the backup and ended up being a starter. 
going to Evergreen, waiting for his turn, and did well at Evergreen. Uh, he never complained. That guy never complained. That's what I loved about him. Uh, I had a kid named uh, Jason, Jason Kenyon Jr. from Shelton. Uh, his freshman year, I wanted to put him on varsity. And I never had a kid tell me, he said, Coach, don't put me on varsity. I said, why not? Leave me on the C team with my class. I want to stay with my class. You know, I want to make them better. And I said, what? He said, yeah. Uh, and so, okay, I said, okay, I let him stay on his class. And then the last 10 games, the seniors went to him and said, hey, we need you. And he came up. I moved him and a couple of his friends up. And that turned so quick, they got us even, that got us in the district for our second time in a row with those guys. Uh, let me see, Dylan Bowman, uh, watching him grow up uh, into a young man. Now he's a coach. Now he's training. He's assisting me, uh, you know, coaching my daughter. Uh, you know, you know, seeing her get off the right way, and my son, and uh, I got a kid now uh, named Ben Klaus, who um, you know I love him to death because if I need something, he's right there. Uh, you know, when I got sick, he's like he was on the phone calling me. Him and uh, this other one, actually, I got six named Tyron. You know, Tyron Rhoda. Those guys, uh, I can ask them on the court to do what I want them to do, and they'll do it. And they're very honest people, you know, good people. All right, so I'm going to go into some quick hitters. I don't know how many I'm going to get in, um, but we're just going to go with it. Um, what did you do over COVID? What I did over COVID? Yeah. I didn't do nothing really but stuff for work with um, my AAU kids. That's all we could do. Okay. I mean, we went outside, you know, with the high school when they gave us a, a little window. But then – they closed the campus down because we wasn't inside. We was outside in the rain under the shed. So when they closed that down, we had to just – we had to stop, you know, because um, they didn't want no kids because Thurston County was getting the high numbers. Um, I'll ask you the same question. Your favorite ice cream? Strawberry shortcake. That's not my best. Ben's and Jerry, I, I tear it up. <laughs> Um, you and your wife have a chance to go to dinner. Where are you going? Uh, leave it to her. We're going to Anthony's. We're going to eat well. <laughs> um, you got four dinner guests, you, you and four others going out. Who are you selecting, dead or alive? Who I'm selecting? Dead yep, or who alive? are you going with? Oh. I'll say Coach Mule Johnson, my old football coach, uh, uh, James Pry, who was my first track coach. He passed away in 2017. Um, Mr. Lynch, he was my mentor over at Northwest Christian, and Chris Bobby. I don't know the other three, but I do know Chris Bobby. Why Chris Bobby? For a young man to let a 40-year-old man come in and, you know, join his staff, I mean, that was – that impressed me. He was like 21, 22, 23 years old then. And I was sitting at um, just turning 40, you know, I just retired from the military to entrust in me, you know, his program while he was, you know, you know off, you know, doing his thing. Uh, 
I'm he's I tell everybody, anybody in Washington who's my mentor, my number one mentor is him. Because one for him, like I said, the other doors probably wouldn't even open. You okay. know, because he was the one that got me through. Spy, I know Spivey for a long time too, and I respect him like like not nothing, no no other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So here's a question that comes off the cuff because I know you're a Christian guy. Mm -hmm. um, what's your favorite Bible verse? Colossians three twenty three. Work. Uh, let me let me get it right now because I want to say it right for you. Whatever you do, work at it wholeheartedly, not for for man but for God. That's what it is. Everything I do is a servant, and I tell my kids I'm a servant for them through God. God uses me as a tool. He gave me the gift to coach, the gift to gab too. So uh, it helps me teach them. And when I see his gift being transformed into them, that's it. You know, 323, I think I seen that, um, I was at Mount University when my son was playing for um, Simpson University and they had it on the back of their shirts. And I said, damn, I like that. And I just started reading it and trying to memorize it. And that was 20 plus years ago. And that's my main number one. Hey, Coach Pringle, thank you for coming on. Thank you for being part of the show. If you ever need anything, reach out to me. Um, I'm on Twitter at 11NYK, or you can you can reach me through WIPCA. If you ever need anything, let me know. Well, I appreciate you guys. I mean, uh, this is what y'all are doing is awesome. It is awesome. I think we need to have, because I was talking a while back to some people, we need to have a coaching network where everybody can get involved and help. Um, I don't know if you heard of Rising Coach, rising Coaches. You heard of them? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm a part of them because uh, I learned that from my son, and I listen to their podcast every day when they put one up. And some it's, it's so much stuff out there that you can get, you know, and help each other. And I think that, you know, as coaches – that's what we need to do, you know, help pull somebody up, especially these young ones coming up now that want to be coaches. Let me hit you with one last question before we take off. Mm -hmm. If you're going to the park and you got to bring a five, any five that you've coached, now you, you've had a lot of them. Yeah. And uh, what what's your what's your five to go to the park? Uh, my point you wanna, would be you want to hold court. You want to hold court. All day. Court? Oh, All day. Well, point guard got to be Jason because he don't try to score. He's just locked down on defense. He's a good passer. My five would be Big Sam. He's 6'9", 275. I'll take him. Um, Todd Thompson, he played for me. Uh, he'll be my four. I mean, he was – he had a spin move and first step getting to the basket. Uh, my three would be – uh man, it's a bunch of them. Let me go to my two. My two would be Dylan, because Dylan can shoot anywhere. And my three would be, I have to say, it would be um um it's a kid that I, I, I coached for a short period, a Native American kid named Wallace. Um pull up on you, and all he loved was threes. So when we hit the court, we done. I mean, we out there. We can be out there. And then I'll sub in at the sixth man for like two minutes. Get somebody <laughs> break, you know. 
Because <laughs> I can I can play defense. Just, just enough, that well. just enough time to get a get a steal and get one bucket and go sit down. That's it. That's all I got. <laughs> there you go. Well, Coach, man, I appreciate you coming on tonight. Appreciate you sitting down. Um, you, I respect the I respect the hell out of you. Um, you. Known, known each other for a while now, and a couple good battles on the court. Um, I love what you're doing, um, especially with your program and the nonprofit and all that stuff. So. Um, tremendous, tremendous guy, tremendous coach. Um, one of the good ones out there. Well, if you're up this way again and you need something, let me know. If you, need, if you need a court, let me know. I appreciate that. All right, guys. Well, that is it. That is Coach Derek Pringle of Rochester High School. Um, I appreciate everybody sitting in and tuning in and joining. Um, it's good to be back. Uh, remember, if you are listening and you're a coach in Washington and you want to get on the podcast, go ahead and reach out to us uh, through Wibka. You can reach out to me on Twitter, uh, Coach Alexander Five. I uh, would love to go ahead and uh, get you to sit down with uh, Connie and I and um, talk a little hoops for a while. Uh, remember, go tell a friend to tell 10 friends about the podcast and uh, let's spread this thing and keep building our coaches up. Uh, I appreciate everybody. Connie, I appreciate you tonight as always. And uh, let's, uh, let's have a good one and we'll see you guys next time.